Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. With me today here on Tell Del Tuesday is one of the most interesting people you'll ever meet. If you've ever seen that commercial, the most interesting man in the world. Uh, this is very close, if there really is one, to that type of an individual. This individual has been with us for quite a while. He's one of my best mentors. But more importantly than that, he's one of the most interesting men in the world. What do I mean by that? It's one of the few people I've ever had envious situations for, and that is his quality of life. Remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. And this gentleman has had the quality of lifestyle for the last 20 years. With me today here is my mentor out of Houston, Texas, single family, Sorrell Warren. Sorrell, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dale. Thanks for having me on. And wow, that's a great introduction. I hope I can live up to that. Why did you quit your job? Tell us. I mean, think about this. Your job was in charge of seeing the world. Oh, my gosh. You must have been just about how many places have you traveled? I have been to uh, all 50 states and 98 countries with uh, my, my uh, bucket list goal to 100 countries coming in September when I go to Cyprus and Israel. Unbelievable. Congratulations. Unbelievable. Like I said, there's not very many people I'm envious of, um, you know, because another 5,000, 10,000 or 5 million in my checkbook won't mean that I could ever have accomplished that type of a bucket list. That's incredible. So you're in that job and in that business for a living. Uh, why don't you pick it up and talk about, you know, you did 30 years of working as a sales guy. You, you now you're vice president of a co travel company all over the world. Let's talk about that. How could being in a dream job like that, that you're good at, how could that even in itself get to feel like a cubicle. I mean, how can traveling the world feel like a cubicle or a rat ring? I don't, I don't get it, man. I did love the job and I, I, I got to a lot of benefits from the job. I got to travel pretty extensively in, in the job in some really great places, some really great opportunities, but I was still working um, about 50 hours a week. And uh, so when I realized from, from uh, joining Lifestyles Unlimited, I realized in less than four years that my my real estate income had um, equaled my my work income. I was able to. I decided to leave the job. That way, I could travel extensively and not have to um, work the fifty hours a week that I've been working. So there you are. You've replaced your income while you're still working. Now that's an interesting approach. You're a mentor right now. Uh, how often do you see people approaching it that way, especially since you're in single family? Is that pretty common? People come in and they start building up their passive income to try to equal out to their earned income. Is that a pretty common approach to this? Yeah, that's what most people are doing. I, I, I started in single family, and uh, and then two years into it, I I moved to 
uh, multifamily also. So I retired with a mixture of single family and multifamily. Uh, I've worked with many members. I've been a mentor for almost five years now. And I have worked with some people who've been able to retire just from single family. Uh, but a lot of members, you know, kind of the, the, the ultimate goal is to, for most members, is to move to, to multifamily. And so I've worked with many members and um, that, that and we go through that transition from single family into multifamily. Okay, so you see it working both ways for people? Is that what you're really saying? Uh, for some. Um, it, it depends on what the income level you're looking to replace. If they're a, kind of a moderate income earner, it can probably be done strictly with single family. And the ones I know, that's what they're doing. That If they've done it strictly through single family, they're replacing a fairly moderate income. For the more upper income individuals or families, uh, they very likely will move into some form of multifamily, whether it's IRO, passive, and even some have gone into lead straight from, from single family. All right. Since that's such an important part, let's clarify that again on yours. Did you do it all through single or did you, I, I thought I heard you say you did it single and then decided to get in some passive multi also, or how did that work? I did. I started in single family and in my first year, I think I had five single family homes and I was looking to buy one or two more and um, talking to my mentor at the time and and um, we decided I should look at the uh, multifamily uh, opportunities. And I actually found a, um, a, a IRO and um, and uh, John Ridgeway was my mentor. Jeff Smith uh, was my realtor at the time. And I found an IRO down in Galveston and went under contract on that one. And the seller wouldn't cooperate. It was a lot of back and forth, a lot of trouble, a lot of going to Galveston. I was still working full time. And, and, uh, and it, that, uh, so I ended up backing out of that one and realized I'd put in a lot of work um, and during my due diligence period to not get a property. And I thought, you know, this passive thing is sounding a lot better. So within probably a couple of months after get, getting out of that IRO, I went into my first passive investment. For those of you out there listening don't know what an IRO means, that's an abbreviation we have for IRO. We call IRO, which is basically independent real estate owner, meaning instead of buying uh, an apartment complex as a syndication, you buy a smaller one that you can afford to buy by yourself. And so you're an independent real estate owner as opposed to a syndicator. Um, Sorrell, let's talk about here, if we could, what kind of deals are we seeing on the uh, single-family housing that you're mentoring people on right now? What can we look forward to as far as a cash flow, and what can we look forward to as uh, captured equity? Well, the cash flow has dropped dramatically in the last probably 18 months as the interest rates have shot up. Uh, even you know, 18 months ago, we were still cash flowing over, I think the average was about 430 here in the Houston market. And that is now down into the low 200s, simply because the, the interest rate has doubled. But the the good part of that uh, is that equity capture is a lot higher than it used to be. And so now properties have um, 100% return on equity, meaning if you, you know, if your out of pocket is $22,000, your equity capture can be twenty-two dollars to $30,000. And um, and so you know uh, the lifestyles method. Had been most of my tenure as a member was buy properties. Uh, you know, most people were buying for the cash flow, hold those properties for three to five years, and um, 
whatever made sense during that time, and then either sell and then usually sell those properties. And now with this high equity capture, members are finding they can can get that money out either through a sale or a refi, and sometimes it's just a little over a year or sometimes 18 months. So many members are going through their that, that cycle is now starting to hit where they're going through one year. Uh, that lease is expiring, and they have options uh, available to them now. They can cash out, get that money out, and buy a second property or sell that property and buy two properties. So even though cash flow is low because of high equity, they're still able to to maximize that cash flow in a, in, you know, in, a, in a little over a year now. Wow, that's amazing. Because when I started, we had that low cash flow, too, because our interest rates were like uh, 9, 10, 11, and 12. I don't know if you remember Jimmy Carter days here. You're not quite as old as I am, but you almost. Uh, in the late 80s, or early 90s, I don't remember, but, but the, uh, the interest rate was like 9%, and I thought that was great. Yeah, we thought 9 was great. That's right. I love that. It used to be 12, so 9 was like, my gosh, they're giving money away. We better buy something, right? So, yeah, with all of my houses, I only had, like I said, $220 a month positive cash flow. So that's, I, I get that has, when the interest rates go up that high that there's not as much cash flow. But the equity thing really blows my mind away uh, that you're able to buy stuff with that much equity. And uh, I assume that's because the the market has been such that they've shut down homeowners. They can't buy. There's not There's not the same amount of competitors there against you. Uh, because they don't qualify for loans anymore. So that is leaving some of this stuff that you would have had to fight a little harder for to find. You're getting it much easier now. So that's great. Um, when you talk to a person about their plan, do you guys ever talk to them about how quickly to buy? Uh, does that ever come up? In other words, should I buy once a year, one a quarter, one a month? Or is, I, Obviously, I'm... I'm sure that that's individual, but what kinds of discussions come to mind when I bring that point up to you? Absolutely. We want them to, because one of the first things we do in, in the initial meeting is we uh, determine what their starting position is, how much cash do they have, and we look at you know, all, all parts of it, actual liquid cash, and then we look at um, uh, any kind of stocks or things that are non-retirement, then we look at the retirement, then we look at um, equity in their primary residence. And uh, and so we want to see all the, the money that they have available that's not really generating any kind of income for them. And, and so that determines, first of all, how many properties they can buy. And then, first of all, we want everybody to be educated. So once they go through the education, then it's how quickly do they want to move. And just like you talk about, I, I took you know uh, the two day from you initially and several times since then, but uh, but the type A's and the type B. So um, so sometimes we have to slow down the type A's who want to jump out there, and sometimes we have to kind of you know do a little kick to the type uh, B's that that are just kind of stuck in analysis paralysis. And um, so I talked to a member yesterday. He was he wanted to buy two properties. He's he's fresh out of the two day training, and he wants to buy two properties. He has the money to do it. Um, but um, but I had to slow him down a little bit. He he was looking at two, and and the numbers looked good. But I said, okay, let's get the first one, and you know get that one started, and then look at the second one. Um, and they were they were good properties, but they weren't spectacular properties. I didn't see any need to do that. I'll talk to other members sometimes, and and they're looking at the one property, and it meets exactly. It's better than their criteria, uh, but they're afraid to pull the trigger. So. Um, so we we teach to to you know, 
get the money working for you. And when you're comfortable, get the first one, uh, get the first one done as quickly as you complete the education and you're ready to go. And once that one's going and, and depends on the lender, uh, some lenders will let members buy two at the same time. Some prefer they get the one completed, have a signed lease before they do the second one. But if that's the case, uh, get that done. Now, many members, even the type Bs, it's, it it's kind of becomes addicting. Once they get the first one and they've gone through it successfully, then most people are ready for the second one. You know, it's uh, as I sit and listen to this and remember back to when I was a mentor and also back to when I was buying myself, um, the point you brought up about don't buy two together at the first time is I have an additional point to add to that. I've seen people in the past get knocked out of this whole business because they did too much too quickly and got too many balls in the air, and all of a sudden one ball dropped. And, you know, if, if you're, if you're out there juggling these balls to get this deal closed and something, one ball drops and you've only got one set of balls to, to play with, you can regroup, you get your mentor, you, we jump on it and we get that thing settled and fixed and boom, you're just going down the road. It's a little hiccup, but you get that going and you've got two other deals going and heaven forbid you drop a ball on two, bo- two deals at the same time. It, it's mind-boggling to people. They just can't adjust that quick. But once a person has done a deal and they've now been through the entire process once, they have their team in place, then it's possible to up that speed of acquisition. Would you agree? Absolutely. That's almost exactly the conversation I had yesterday with, with a member. And I said, what if something happens on both properties at the same time? And and uh, he thought, oh, I hadn't thought of that. But that's exactly what, 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 what the conversation was. And I said, and after you buy the first one, you might look at buying two and three at the same time. But let's get through the first one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's talk now uh, for people listening in for the first time. Remember, the, these are people that haven't been through the two-day Sorrell. They're just, you're, we're speaking to the general audience out there, so it's not even as – um, educated as even a case study would be. So when we get back, we're going to go over some more stuff, but we're going to make sure we can get it to everybody's level of understanding. We're going to take a short break. Be right back. This is Well Warren and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. We went from 100% live to 100% virtual. And you know, the funny thing is, is that nobody wants to go back to work now that work from home, right? So now my members are like, well, Del, we want to keep those virtual things open because now I know all the people in Miami and I know all the people in Chicago. I know all the people now know each other from all over the country because of these virtual events. The free workshop, How to Retire in Five Years or Less, is online. Go to lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. 
Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show with me here today on Tell Dell Tuesdays. Sorrell Warren out of Houston, Texas. Uh, Sorrell has traveled the world. He's been to all 50 states, United States, and 98 different countries. He's got two more in his bucket list, and uh, he says he's going to knock those out very quickly or very soon. Just flipping directions here for just a second. Whenever I'm lucky enough to travel, <laughs> my problem with travel is not I can't afford it. It's not that I don't have to take off time. I have no problem with time and I have no problem with money. I have a wife, and she and her luggage weigh 8,000 pounds everywhere I go. Slows me down quite a bit. You get out there and you, you, you've got to travel. My question to you is, do you ever run into any Lifestyles members? Because even I, with my wimpy amount of travel, almost everywhere I go, I run into one person that's a Lifestyles member. Have you ever run into any? I have twice, actually. Uh, it was before COVID. So I was uh, on a scuba dive trip, and um, everyone was from Houston. But uh, And I knew maybe two of the, I think, 14 people on the trip before the trip was, was before I got to got there. And so you're just going around talking to everybody, getting to know people. And uh, so I'm talking to one of the guys on the boat. And uh, we're on a boat going out to, to dive that day. And he mentions that he was a um, an audiologist, a doctor of hearing. And, and then we got interrupted and I'm talking to him later that day or the next day. And he says that he's easing out and selling his um, selling his clinics because he started doing real estate investing. And I said, oh, interesting, me too. And then he said something about um, having these, uh, he listed a specific number. Again, it was before COVID, I don't remember the number, but the number of clinics he was selling. And I said, wait a minute, are you in Lifestyles Unlimited? And he says, yes. I said, did you do a case study about three or four months ago? Turns out we were at the same case study on the same night. And we, <laughs> and we met on a dive boat in somewhere. I don't know where exactly we were, but I think Cozumel. But, but um but we just get to, got to talking, and, and that's how it came up. Small world. So there, here you are. You get to touch those people. So what, is, what does that make you feel like? Because you, you've you come from that world, successful business person. Now you meet other successful business people. And, of course, you know, the average person, housewife, whatever. And they're coming to you. And really, since they're starting a single family and they're starting with you, they're probably the beginner investors probably scared to death, most times really excited. Um, how does that make you feel that you are right there, uh, almost like a gatekeeper into a new world? Yeah, I absolutely love it. And that's the reason I do this. I absolutely love working with people in that situation and, um, and just, you know, helping them. They've, 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 you know, as we say, not necessarily drank the Kool-Aid just yet, but they understand it. When they get to me as a mentor, when they get to any of the mentors, they've been to probably the free workshop. They've done the two-day training. They understand the program. But like you say, they're still nervous. Does it actually work? And if it does work, can I do it? And that's the part where mentors can take over, and we can help you know, ease some of that, 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 that fear that they may have. And by, like I said, we lay out the plan. You are here today. You want to get to this much income. You want to retire one spouse and then the second spouse. And now let's lay out the plan to get you from A to B. And once we start crystallizing the path, uh, sometimes you'll see the, the kind of they just relax and you'll see the kind of some of the fear leave and and not just laying out the plan. We lay out step by step instructions and then we're here every step of the way with them to, to help them, guide them and answer questions. And so that's the part I love about it. And now that I've been doing this for almost five years, I've actually 
seen quite a few people that's gone through the entire cycle of, of being able to do the retirement. That Yeah, that's always neat when you see them come out the other end and know that you were the one that, that plugged them in, in the beginning. That's good stuff. Uh, when you were in corporate America, I think uh, being the position you're in, you probably were training staff and whatever. Did you know you were a natural-born teacher? Were you aware of that? It, I didn't at first, uh, but... Um, you know, I, I was in sales, and sales has a deservedly so a bad reputation. Uh, I was in sales for over 30 years, uh, and um, and I, I even knew lots of horrible salespeople, horrible people in general that happened to be in sales. And I never wanted to be one of those. I always wanted to, to, to lead my life with integrity, lead my sales life with integrity. And, um, and even I worked in some pretty harsh environments before I ended up at the travel company in 2002, I believe, um, I, I still wanted to do everything with integrity. And so uh, even then, I, I and I took some Zig Ziglar classes 30-plus years ago, and and that was kind of my, my, my moral basis of being a good salesperson. And that also stemmed, of course, from my parents teaching me as a kid the, the right way to do things. And so my, my primary mission in sales was to educate educate people, um, not necessarily from a teaching standpoint, but just educate people about the product and here's why you need this product and what this product can do for you. And I proudly say that I've never sold anything to someone who didn't need it. And, um, and then when I got into the travel company uh, and customer service, I was you know in charge of kind of taking care of things on the back end. But the biggest thing that, that I loved about that position was being our agents up front to give the right service, dot all the I's and cross all the T's to uh, minimize mistakes going forward. And so um, so from that aspect, I've, I've, looking backwards, I didn't think of that as teaching at the time, but looking backwards, I absolutely could see that I was I was teaching in those, in those types of situations. Sorrell, I just wanted to ask you this. I'm all over the place with you because I've, I don't know which is more interesting, your real estate knowledge and expertise or your travel knowledge and expertise, but I'm just curious. <laughs> Let's go to the lifestyle of lifestyles for just a second. How many different physical activities have you touched? Uh, what I mean is I know you're a scuba diver. I know that for a fact. Well, I, um, I, I love zip lining. That's one of my passions. I sail. I used to have a sailboat, but that was, you know, years ago. Sailboats are a pain in the, you know, the, the wallet. Uh, so I rent them now occasionally. Uh, I, um, I, do, I I am a member of a ski club here in Houston, but I do not ski, but we do a lot of other activities. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a golfer. I don't know if I said that already. Uh, I love any kind of water sports, so jet skiing and you name it. Uh, I have run marathons. That was 30 years ago, but I'm training again. I'm starting to do some walking. I've walked some uh, I've had knee replacement surgery, so I can never run, but I'm walking, so I'm probably going to walk some half marathons. And um, I'm actually in the process of planning to uh, go and climb Mount Kilimanjaro in the near future. Man, amazing. And then we have one one kind of passion in common, Dell, and we know one of the same people. Uh, I'm also taking a lot of uh, country western and west coast swing dance lessons. No kidding. You got into that, huh? That is yeah. really enjoyable. Well, I started yeah, I started that over 30 years ago, and um, and we know uh, Mario, you know, one of our mutual friends. Mario's the king. I don't even mind giving him free advertising. Mario is the king. Yeah. If you want to learn how to dance, Mario's the man that not only has won many, many contests when he was younger, he's got this held the community together for years. 
And uh, by the way, he's a member too, Suro. Yes, I, I, I ran into him at a uh, at a case study one night a couple of years ago, well before <laughs> COVID. But. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, you are the epitome. I mean, I, I'm gonna we're gonna have to get some of your pictures and just like post them. This is the epitome of what lifestyle should be like. And not everybody's a travel guy. I know that, you know, but it is one of those things, especially if you throw in all these different physical activities you can do uh, in addition to it. Uh, we've only got a few minutes left. I, I could talk to you all day long. Don't even get me off on telling your stories. But let's let's talk for a second here. When you went into decided to go passive investing, were you a jockey or the horse kind of guy? For those out there that don't know what I'm talking about, were you more interested in how good the lead investor was, the syndicator, or were you more interested in how good the deal was? So how did you see that mix? I was absolutely the, the jockey guy and uh, you're looking at the person. I looked at uh, a lot of properties. Now, this was seven years ago, so there were a lot less member, a lot less lead investors at the time. But I looked at a lot of people, and through training and going with the uh, talking to the mentors and, and the consultants, uh, and I, I didn't come up with the idea of my own. I'm sure I was taught this, but but a you know a good uh, uh, investor, a good lead can can you know turn a an average property into a great property and a bad lead can turn a great property into a, a bad property. And so, um, so I look at the lead first by all means, first and foremost. And then after I find the great leads, then I'll look at the properties, but uh, I don't care how great the property is. If there's not a good lead, a great lead, you know, presenting it to me. Okay. And um, the next question I have for you is, an impossible one to answer because I've never got a straight answer from anybody on it yet. I'm going to throw it at you anyway. And that is how much is enough, you know, being the situation that you're, you're a mentor. Um, I've asked you to come back and give back. So, I mean, you, if you weren't doing this, you'd be out traveling or you'd be bored at home or whatever, but we've asked you to come back, but still, you know, as well as I know, there's another deal to be done. I, I'm closing on one this week. Uh, I'm looking at buying another one next month uh, that's up for sale right now. When is enough, Sorrell? Yeah. Well, for me, it was a fairly easy decision in that, uh, like I said, my passion is, is fun and travel. And, and I hit the number that would allow me to, to live my passion. I could have worked harder. I could have worked possibly longer at my career and left at a, in a better financial position, or I could have done more with my real estate. But I, I was very comfortable with, you know, having my expenses met, having my travel budget, and, and then, you know, being able to still grow my income. And so I didn't I don't have that same need as a lot of people I know, a lot of friends of mine in Lifestyles Unlimited that are continuing to go more and more and more and more. I live a fairly modest life. I mean, I live a, life, a, life, a lot better life than an average person, but um, but I did not need to have the excess, and I don't need the, the kind of the glory of the, the next best thing. So for me, it was a pretty simple decision, even probably seven or eight years ago. Hey, I appreciate you coming back. Everybody else out there, remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day.
listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.